0: part three chapter two sections one and two of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter two the end of the fete section one he would not see me he had shut himself up and was writing at my repeated knocks and appeals he answered through the door my friend i have finished everything who can ask anything more of me you haven't finished anything you've only helped to make a mess of the whole thing for god's sake no epigram stepan trofimovitch open the door we must take steps they may still come and insult you i thought myself entitled to be particularly severe and even rigorous i was afraid he might be going to do something still more mad but to my surprise i met an extraordinary firmness don't be the first to insult me then i thank you for the past but i repeat i've done with all men good and bad i am writing to darya pavlovna whom i've forgotten so unpardonably till now you may take it to her to-morrow if you like now merci stepan trofimovitch i assure you that the matter is more serious than you think do you think that you've crushed some one there you've pulverized no one but have broken yourself to pieces like an empty bottle oh i was coarse and discourteous i remember it with regret you've absolutely no reason to write to darya pavlovna and what will you do with yourself without me what do you understand about practical life i expect you are plotting something else you'll simply come to grief again if you go plotting something more he rose and came close up to the door you've not been long with them but you've caught the infection of their tone and language de vous pardon mon ami et de vous but i've always seen in you the germs of delicate feeling and you will get over it perhaps après le temps of course like all of us russians as for what you say about my impracticability i'll remind you of a recent idea of mine a whole mass of people in russia do nothing whatever but attack other people's impracticability with the utmost fury and with the tiresome persistence of flies in the summer accusing every one of it except themselves Cher, remember that i am excited and don't distress me once more merci for everything and let us part like karmazinov and the public that is let us forget each other with as much generosity as we can he was posing in begging his former readers so earnestly to forget him en moi i am not so conceited and i rest my hopes on the youth of your inexperienced heart how should you remember a useless old man for long live more my friend as nastasia wished me on my last name day ces pauvres gens ont quelquefois des mots charmants et pleins de philosophie. i do not wish you much happiness it will bore you i do not wish you trouble either but following the philosophy of the present i will repeat simply live more and try not to be much bored This useless wish i add from myself well good-bye and good-bye for good don't stand at my door i will not open it he went away and i could get nothing more out of him in spite of his excitement he spoke smoothly deliberately with weight obviously trying to be impressive of course he was rather vexed with me and was avenging himself indirectly possibly even for the yesterday's prison carts and floors that give way his tears in public that morning in spite of a triumph of a sort had put him he knew in rather a comic position and there never was a man more solicitous of dignity and punctilio in his relations with his friends than stepan Trofimovitch. oh i don't blame him but this fastidiousness and irony which he preserved in spite of all shocks reassured me at the time a man who was so little different from his ordinary self was of course not in the mood at that moment for anything tragic or extraordinary so i reasoned at the time and heavens what a mistake i made i left too much out of my reckoning in anticipation of events i would quote the few first lines of the letter to darya pavlovna which she actually received the following day mon enfant my hand trembles but i am done with everything you were not present at my last struggle you did not come to that matinee and you did well to stay away but you will be told that in our russia which has grown so poor in men of character one man had the courage to stand up and in spite of deadly menaces showered on him from all sides to tell the fools the truth that is that they are fools oh ces de pauvres petits uh, et rien de et de petits fools voilà le monde the die is cast i am going from this town forever and i know not whither every one i loved has turned from me but you you are a pure and naive creature you a gentle being whose life has been all but linked with mine at the will of a capricious and imperious heart you who looked at me perhaps with contempt when i shed weak tears on the eve of our frustrated marriage you who cannot in any case look on me except as a comic figure for you for you is the last cry of my heart for you my last duty for you alone i cannot leave you for ever thinking of me as an ungrateful fool a churlish egoist as probably a cruel and ungrateful heart whom alas i cannot forget is every day describing me to you and so on and so on four large pages answering his i won't open with three bangs with my fist on the door and shouting after him that i was sure he would send nastasya for me three times that day but i would not come i gave him up and ran off to yulia mihailovna section two there i was the witness of a revolting scene the poor woman was deceived to her face and i could do nothing indeed what could i say to her i had had time to reconsider things a little and reflect that i had nothing to go upon but certain feelings and suspicious presentiments i found her in tears almost in hysterics with compresses of eau de cologne and a glass of water before her stood pyotr stepanovitch who talked without stopping and the prince who held his tongue as though it had been under a lock with tears and lamentations she reproached pyotr stepanovitch for his desertion I was struck at once by the fact that she ascribed the whole failure, the whole ignominy of the matinee, everything, in fact, to Pyotr Stepanovitch's absence. In him I observed an important change. He seemed a shade too anxious, almost serious. As a rule, he never seemed serious. He was always laughing, even when he was angry. And he was often angry. Oh, he was angry now. He was speaking coarsely, carelessly, with vexation and impatience he said that he had been taken ill at gaganov's lodging where he had happened to go early in the morning alas the poor woman was so anxious to be deceived again the chief question which i found being discussed was whether the ball that is the whole second half of the fete should or should not take place yulia mihailovna could not be induced to appear at the ball after the insult she had received that morning In other words her heart was set on being compelled to do so and by him by pyotr stepanovitch she looked upon him as an oracle and i believe if he had gone away she would have taken to her bed at once but he did not want to go away he was desperately anxious that the ball should take place and that yulia mihailovna should be present at it come what is there to cry about are you set on having a scene on venting your anger at somebody well vent it on me Only make haste about it, for the time is passing and you must make up your mind. We made a mess of it with the matinee. We'll pick it up on the ball. Here, the prince thinks as I do. Yes, if it hadn't been for the prince, how would things have ended there? The prince had been at first opposed to the ball, that is, opposed to Yulia Mikhailovna's appearing at it. The ball was bound to go on in any case. But after two or three such references to his opinion, he began little by little to grunt his acquiescence i was surprised too at the extraordinary rudeness of pyotr stepanovitch's tone oh i scout with indignation the contemptible slander which was spread later of some supposed liaison between yulia mihailovna and pyotr stepanovitch there was no such thing nor could there be he gained his ascendancy over her from the first only by encouraging her in her dreams of influence in society and in the ministry by entering into her plans by inventing them for her and working upon her with the grossest flattery he had got her completely into his toils and had become as necessary to her as the air she breathed seeing me she cried with flashing eyes here ask him he kept by my side all the while just like the prince did tell me isn't it plain that it was all a preconcerted plot a base designing plot to damage andrey antonovitch and me as much as possible oh they had it arranged beforehand they had a plan it's a party a regular party you are exaggerating as usual you've always some romantic notion in your head but i am glad to see mr he pretended to have forgotten my name he'll give us his opinion my opinion i hastened to put in is the same as yulia Mikhailovna's the plot is only too evident i have brought you these ribbons yulia mihailovna whether the ball is to take place or not is not my business for it's not in my power to decide but my part as steward is over forgive my warmth but i can't act against the dictates of common sense and my own convictions you hear you hear she clasped her hands i hear and i tell you this he turned to me i think you must have eaten something which has made you all delirious to my thinking nothing has happened absolutely nothing but what has happened before and is always liable to happen in this town a plot indeed it was an ugly failure disgracefully stupid but where's the plot a plot against yulia mihailovna who has spoiled them and protected them and fondly forgiven them all their schoolboy pranks yulia mihailovna what have i been hammering into you for the last month continually what did i warn you what did you want with all these people what did you want with them what induced you to mix yourself up with these fellows what was the motive what was the object of it to unite society but mercy on us will they ever be united when did you warn me on the contrary you approved of it you even insisted on it i confess i am so surprised you brought all sorts of strange people to see me yourself on the contrary i opposed you i did not approve of it as for bringing them to see you i certainly did but only after they'd got in by dozens and only of late to make up the literary quadrille we couldn't get on without these rogues only i don't mind betting that a dozen or two more of the same sort were let in without tickets to-day not a doubt of it i agreed there you see you are agreeing already think what the tone has been lately here i mean in this wretched town it's nothing but insolence impudence it's been a crying scandal all the time and who's been encouraging it who's screened it by her authority who's upset them all who has made all the small fry huffy all their family secrets are caricatured in your album didn't you pat them on the back your poets and caricaturists didn't you let lyamshin kiss your hand didn't a divinity student abuse an actual state counsellor in your presence and spoil his daughter's dress with his tarred boots now can you wonder that the public is set against you but that's all you're doing yours oh my goodness no i warned you we quarrelled do you hear we quarrelled why you are lying to my face of course it's easy for you to say that you need a victim to vent your wrath on well vent it on me as i've said already i'd better appeal to you mr he was still unable to recall my name we'll reckon on our fingers i maintain that apart from liputin there was nothing preconcerted nothing i will prove it but first let us analyse liputin he came forward with that fool lebyadkin's verses do you maintain that that was a plot but do you know it might simply have struck liputin as a clever thing to do seriously seriously he simply came forward with the idea of making everyone laugh and entertaining them his protectress yulia mihailovna first of all that was all don't you believe it isn't that in keeping with all that has been going on here for the last month do you want me to tell the whole truth i declare that under other circumstances it might have gone off all right it was a coarse joke well a bit strong perhaps but it was amusing you know wasn't it what you think what liputin did was clever yulia mikhailovna cried in intense indignation such stupidity such tactlessness so contemptible so mean it was intentional oh you are saying it on purpose i believe after that you are in the plot with them yourself of course i was behind the scenes i was in hiding i set it all going but if i were in the plot understand that anyway it wouldn't have ended with liputin so according to you i had arranged with my papa too that he should cause such a scene on purpose well whose fault is it that my papa was allowed to read who tried only yesterday to prevent you from allowing it only yesterday oh il avait ton d'esprit i was so reckoning on him and then he has such manners i thought with him and karmazinov only think yes only think but in spite of tant d'esprit papa has made things worse and if i'd known beforehand that he'd make such a mess of it i should certainly not have persuaded you yesterday to keep the goat out of the kitchen garden should i since i am taking part in this conspiracy against your fete that you are so positive about and yet i did try to dissuade you yesterday i tried to because i foresaw it to foresee everything was of course impossible he probably did not know himself a minute before what he would fire off these nervous old men can't be reckoned on like other people but you can still save the situation to satisfy the public send to him to-morrow by administrative order and with all the ceremonies two doctors to inquire into his health even to-day in fact and take him straight to the hospital and apply cold compresses every one would laugh anyway and see that there was nothing to take offence at i'll tell people about it in the evening at the ball as i am his son karmazinov is another story he was a perfect ass and dragged out his article for a whole hour he certainly must have been in the plot with me i'll make a mess of it too he thought to damage yulia mihailovna oh karmazinov care i was burning burning with shame for his audience well i shouldn't have burnt but have cooked him instead the audience was right you know who was to blame for karmazinov again did i foist him upon you was i one of his worshippers well hang him but the third maniac the political that's a different matter that was everyone's blunder not only my plot ah don't speak of it that was awful awful that was my fault entirely my fault of course it was but i don't blame you for that no one can control them these candid souls you can't always be safe from them even in petersburg he was recommended to you and in what terms too so you will admit that you are bound to appear at the ball to-night it's an important business it was you put him onto the platform you must make it plain now to the public that you are not in league with him that the fellow is in the hands of the police and that you were in some inexplicable way deceived you ought to declare with indignation that you were the victim of a madman because he is a madman and nothing more that's how you must put it about him i can't endure these people who bite i say worse things perhaps but not from the platform you know and they are talking about a senator too what senator who's talking i don't understand it myself you know do you know anything about a senator yulia mihailovna a senator you see they are convinced that a senator has been appointed to be governor here and that you are being superseded from petersburg i've heard it from lots of people i've heard it too i put in Who said so asked yulia mihailovna flushing all over you mean who said so first how can i tell but there it is people say so masses of people are saying so they were saying so yesterday particularly they are all very serious about it though i can't make it out of course the more intelligent and competent don't talk but even some of those listen how mean and how stupid well that's just why you must make your appearance to show these fools i confess i feel myself that it's my duty but what if there's another disgrace in store for us what if people don't come no one will come you know no one how hot you are they not come what about the new clothes what about the girls dresses i give you up as a woman after that is that your knowledge of human nature the marshal's wife won't come she won't but after all what has happened why won't they come he cried at last with angry impatience ignominy disgrace that's what happened i don't know what to call it but after it i can't face people why how are you to blame for it after all why do you take the blame of it on yourself isn't it rather the fault of the audience of your respectable residents, your familias? they ought to have controlled the roughs and the rowdies for it was all the work of roughs and rowdies nothing serious you can never manage things with the police alone in any society anywhere among us everyone asks for a special policeman to protect him wherever he goes people don't understand that society must protect itself and what do our familias, the officials the wives and daughters do in such cases they sit quiet and sulk in fact there's not enough social initiative to keep the disorderly in check ah that's the simple truth they sit quiet sulk and gaze about them and if it's the truth you ought to say so aloud proudly sternly just to show that you are not defeated to those respectable residents and mothers of families oh you can do it you have the gift when your head is clear you will gather them round you and say it aloud and then a paragraph in the voice and the financial news wait a bit i'll undertake it myself i'll arrange it all for you of course there must be more superintendents you must look after the buffet you must ask the prince you must ask mr uh, you must not desert us monsieur just when we have to begin all over again and finally you must appear arm in arm with Andre antonovitch how is Andre antonovitch oh how unjustly how untruly how cruelly you have always judged that angelic man yulia mihailovna cried in a sudden outburst almost with tears putting her handkerchief to her eyes pyotr stepanovitch was positively taken aback for the moment good heavens i what have i said i've always you never have never you have never done him justice there's no understanding a woman grumbled pyotr stepanovitch with a wry smile he is the most sincere the most delicate the most angelic of men the most kind-hearted of men well really as for kind-heartedness i've always done him justice never but let us drop it i am too awkward in my defence of him this morning that little jesuit the marshal's wife also dropped some sarcastic hints about what happened yesterday oh she has no thoughts to spare for yesterday now she is full of to-day and why are you so upset at her for not coming to the ball to-night of course she won't come after getting mixed up in such a scandal perhaps it's not her fault but still her reputation her hands are soiled what do you mean i don't understand why are her hands soiled yulia mihailovna looked at him in perplexity i don't vouch for the truth of it but the town is ringing with the story that it was she brought them together what do you mean brought whom together what do you mean to say you don't know he exclaimed with well simulated wonder why stavrogin and lizaveta nikolaevna what how we all cried out at once is it possible you don't know whew why it is quite a tragic romance lizaveta nikolaevna was pleased to get out of that lady's carriage and get straight into stavrogin's carriage and slipped off with the latter to skvoreshniki in full daylight only an hour ago hardly an hour we were flabbergasted of course we fell to questioning him but to our wonder although he happened to be a witness of the scene himself he could give us no detailed account of it the thing seemed to have happened like this when the marshal's wife was driving liza and mavriky nikolaevitch from the matinee to the house of praskovya ivanovna whose legs were still bad they saw a carriage waiting a short distance about twenty-five paces to one side of the front door when liza jumped out she ran straight to this carriage the door was flung open and shut again liza called to mavriky nikolaevitch spare me and the carriage drove off at full speed to skvoreshniki to our hurried questions whether it was by arrangement who was in the carriage pyotr stepanovitch answered that he knew nothing about it no doubt it had been arranged but he did not see stavrogin himself possibly the old butler alexey yegoritch might have been in the carriage to the question how did he come to be there and how did he know for a fact that she had driven to svoreshniki he answered that he happened to be passing and at seeing liza he had run up to the carriage and yet he could not make out who was in it an inquisitive man like him and that Mavriky Nikolaevitch, far from setting off in pursuit, had not even tried to stop Liza, and had even laid a restraining hand on the marshal's wife, who was shouting at the top of her voice, "She is going to Stavrogin! To Stavrogin!" At this point, I lost patience and cried furiously to Pyotr Stepanovitch, "It's all your doing, you rascal! This was what you were doing this morning. You helped Stavrogin. You came in the carriage. You helped her into it. It was you, you, you." yulia mihailovna he is your enemy he will be your ruin too beware of him and i ran headlong out of the house i wonder myself and cannot make out to this day how i came to say that to him but i guessed quite right it had all happened almost exactly as i said as appeared later what struck me most was the obviously artificial way in which he broke the news he had not told it at once on entering the house as an extraordinary piece of news but pretended that we knew without his telling us which was impossible in so short a time and if we had known it we could not possibly have refrained from mentioning it till he introduced the subject besides he could not have heard yet that the town was ringing with gossip about the marshal's wife in so short a time besides he had once or twice given a vulgar frivolous smile as he told the story probably considering that we were fools and completely taken in but i had no thought to spare for him the central fact i believed and ran from yulia mihailovna's beside myself the catastrophe cut me to the heart i was wounded almost to tears perhaps i did shed some indeed i was at a complete loss what to do i rushed to stepan trofimovitch's but the vexatious man still refused to open the door nastasya informed me in a reverent whisper that he had gone to bed but i did not believe it at liza's house i succeeded in questioning the servants they confirmed the story of the elopement but knew nothing themselves there was great commotion in the house their mistress had been attacked by fainting fits and mavriky nikolaevitch was with her i did not feel it possible to ask for mavriky nikolaevitch to my inquiries about pyotr stepanovitch they told me that he had been in and out continually of late sometimes twice in the day the servants were sad and showed particular respectfulness in speaking of liza they were fond of her that she was ruined utterly ruined i did not doubt but the psychological aspect of the matter i was utterly unable to understand especially after her scene with stavrogin the previous day to run about the town and inquire at the houses of acquaintances who would of course by now have heard the news and be rejoicing at it seemed to me revolting besides being humiliating for liza but strange to say i ran to see darya pavlovna though i was not admitted no one had been admitted into the house since the previous morning i don't know what i could have said to her and what made me run to her from her i went to her brother's shatov listened sullenly and in silence i may observe that i found him more gloomy than i had ever seen him before he was awfully preoccupied and seemed only to listen to me with an effort he said scarcely anything and began walking up and down his cell from corner to corner treading more noisily than usual as i was going down the stairs he shouted after me to go to liputin's there you'll hear everything yet i did not go to liputin's but after i'd gone a good way towards home i turned back to shatov's again and half opening the door without going in suggested to him laconically and with no kind of explanation won't you go to marya timofyevna to-day at this shatov swore at me and i went away i note here that i may not forget it that he did purposely go that evening to the other end of the town to see marya timofyevna Whom he had not seen for some time he found her in excellent health and spirits and lebyadkin dead drunk asleep on the sofa in the first room this was at nine o'clock he told me so himself next day when we met for a moment in the street before ten o'clock i made up my mind to go to the ball but not in the capacity of a steward besides my rosette had been left at yulia mihailovna's I was tempted by irresistible curiosity to listen without asking any questions to what people were saying in the town about all that had happened. I wanted too to have a look at Yulia mihailovna if only at a distance. I reproached myself greatly that I had left her so abruptly that afternoon. End of part three, chapter two, section two, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.